Okay, I'm going to read the first uh, 15 or so verses. And uh, I want you to keep this open, and this is going to be a listening exercise about which I'll just say a few words to guide you in your listening to God for prayer. So 2 Chronicles chapter 10, beginning to read at the first verse. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard that he was in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, he returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and all Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Come back to me in three days. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, If you will be kind to these people and please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your fathers put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, the people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered them harshly, rejecting the advice of the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke easy. I will make it even heavier. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from God to fulfill the word that the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Harijah the Shilonite. Right. I bet you're really glad I read that. Um, Tomorrow morning, I've been asked to speak at a prayer breakfast that I go to regularly in Dudley. And uh, it's one of the delights of my every two months. I meet with a bunch, predominantly, of Pentecostal ministers. And... um, Some of us, once a year, go away on a 48-hour retreat. And uh, this year we went away and we looked at multi-generational leadership. And we looked at it with three groups, Abraham, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Now, I am considered, you'll find this very difficult to believe, I'm considered one of the fathers. So I'm an Abraham. And in the opening days, I didn't say anything. I had no part in this other than being there. But one of our number uh, brought scripture and spoke into the lives of the younger leaders. And so the Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob were three different generations. And what was beautiful about this 48 hours was that what was modelled for us there was how an older leader working alongside a younger leader nurtured him and transferred leadership over a space of time to him. And I've been asked to feed back tomorrow morning something of the impact that had upon me. And when I went to YF on Friday night, 
I decided when I came away that my leadership is not aging well. My leadership is not aging well. And I, I just felt, wow, I used to do this. I used to do this. And the culture for them is moving so quickly. Now, when you read that Bible passage, you could be forgiven for thinking that what it's really about is a story about a king who was a bit clueless, first of all talking to the old guys, and they give him some advice. And then he goes and talks to the young guys, and he takes the young guys' advice, and it all goes very badly wrong. So you might think that the lesson is, don't let young people near leadership. That's not it at all. Leaders of every generation need to understand that we must not just listen to advice from those like us. That's what that passage of scripture is about. He made the mistake of only listening to those who were young like him. But old guys and girls make the same mistake. And so I was thinking about this whole business of multi-generational leadership. And if, if it was a problem then, which 2 Chronicles 10 says it was, boy, it is a problem now. Because the thing about then is history and culture moved very slowly. Now if you look over there, they are our young people tonight. And I know, that, no, you're the next generation. Um, you, they're aged. They're aged. They're already of a generation in youth culture that actually, forgive it, it's moving on. Youth culture moves so quickly. So you can imagine how ancient I felt. Multi-generational leadership and ministry is uncharted waters. And in past generations, things moved so slowly. So I don't know about you, but I was kind of encultured into church life. And people older than me showed me how it's done. And I broadly went along with it and gave it a youth twist. That ain't going to happen anymore. Our differences of age and culture are very different. It doesn't mean that everything old is bad or everything young is good. It means that with changing culture, we need to really work together. So I began to think, how would that begin to happen in a church? And I began to think of a conversation I had with somebody here about joining a small group. And it struck me the best way to start is to have multi-generational small groups. And we haven't got them. I just throw it out there. We haven't got them. About intergenerational mentoring. And I can remember, and he was here the other night, I can remember doing some mentoring training with some of our teenagers. And I remember saying to Sam Watson, you can mentor me. And he looked at me as if I'd gone bonkers. And I said, no, you can help me to understand life in contemporary culture that I will never see with my own eyes. Intergenerational mentoring. Those of us who are older tend to underestimate the difference between the generations, and the younger ones probably fall into the trap of overestimating it. They cannot believe that we were ever young. 
Every generation needs the other. And here's a thought about churches. Churches do not hit the multi-generational crisis until after their first 30 years of life. And what happens after that? So a gas street is fine for 30 years. And then when Tim Hughes is old and grey and his teeth are dropping out, if he hasn't transitioned the leadership on, Gas Street will be in serious trouble. And so then you take a church like ours. We have to make sure that we transition. We don't just hand over to young people, but we draw them in and we listen and we hand over to them in time. And if I'm honest... This is where I've realised that my leadership is ageing badly. Because it suits to lead in my way. And I think I'm having to learn to let others lead in their way as we walk together into a new future of which we will only play some part. And so what I want us to do is to reflect on that passage of scripture. It doesn't say what you think it says and it tells us how important it is to become a multi-generational church which is multi-generational in its ministry so let's use this time to listen to God and if he speaks let's speak it out but it might just be something that we need to get our head around what this might look like at APC let's pray we're keeping a big group, and as I say, we can spend the entire time in silence or speak out a prayer of request. Book of Kings, and seeing how there was a good king and a bad king, a good king and a bad king. And even that uh, incident in history seems to suggest it's best if each generation works together and one generation passes on to another and each listens to the other and each grows something new and something rich. Lord, as I reflect upon that for myself, I pray that you will speak into the life of our church, that you will speak into the lives of our young people, and that we may hear what you're saying to them. And I pray that you will speak into the lives of us, those of us who are older. And that we may see ourselves in this very passage of scripture. And determine not to fall into the, the lessons of history. Lord, renew your church, we pray. And don't renew your church in a single generation, but across many generations. Renew us all, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.